Baba Church, thank you for oh, thank you for welcoming us into your house. And uh, for those of you that showed up this morning, even though we don't have church, welcome to you too. Um, thank you for welcoming us into your home. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Caden and his friends. They're at uh, his friend's house or uh, uh, condo celebrating uh, Branson's birthday. And so they should be tuning in and they should be watching right now. And if they're not, Caden, you're grounded because you're supposed to be attending church even though you're not here. So um, we are, this is the first service of 2022. Why don't we give a hand for surviving 2021? Thank you, Jesus. We are 2022. And uh, the first sermon series that we're jumping into is called Abide. Every uh, beginning of the year, we join our Every Nation family across the world, um, hundreds of congregations all over the planet, and we're all focusing on the same, uh, the same theme, abiding in the love of God. Uh, turn to the person next to you and tell the person next to you, in 2022, abide in the love of God. Go ahead and tell them online, go ahead and tell them, 2022, abide in the love of God. And uh, we're actually going to be fasting for uh, seven days uh, into next week's Sunday. So if you want to join us in fasting and prayer, uh, Unite 714 is still going on. And so you can join the intercessory team. Uh, it's a great way to start the year. 714 in the morning, 714 at night. And the link should be in our website and also on our emails. Uh, so you, if you want to do that, uh, there's about four to six people that have been uh, meeting every single morning and evening. And um, you're free to uh, jump in and join our intercessory team for prayer, um, for prayer requests, and also just to uh, to join and to pray. Um, also, in the morning, we'll be doing a devotional. There should be a devotional that's posted on Facebook. So, if you want to join us for fasting and prayer, a part of that is the devotional in the morning. Just log on to our Facebook site, and you'll see a devotional video that will be posted there. Um, some of it will be devotionals from our Every Nation family around the world, and some will be from our church staff here, uh, even though they don't know it. Uh, they're, they're finding out right now online, right on. And then, um, and so, so join us this, this, this week for prayer. Um, let's see. Okay, so uh, we'll jump into the word this morning. One of, one of the things that I want to say was, um, so we are, next week we're going to be meeting here in person. So if you want to join us, um, and I want to explain just the brilliance of uh, the wisdom that God gave us in the past couple of weeks not to meet online because um, we were looking at uh, how this thing was spreading. We were keeping our, our ear to the ground and just where, what was happening with the virus. And we saw that there was an uptick. And so uh, last week we canceled service and it was really a hard decision to make because we didn't have a huge outbreak at that time. We just, there were several people in the church that got it. And the interesting thing was they didn't get it from people in the church. They all got it from their families. And so we uh, anticipated that everyone was gonna get together for their family gatherings on Saturday and then come to church on Sunday, not knowing if they were infected or not, and then spread it to everybody else by hugging and kissing and high-fiving and doing all of that in our church. And we didn't want that to happen. And we predicted that if the spread happened on Saturday for Christmas parties, that uh, they wouldn't feel the symptoms till Monday, Tuesday, and, and, and then they would know that they're contagious and they wouldn't come to church the following Sunday. And that's exactly what happened. On Monday, Tuesday, we got 
a bunch of phone calls of people in the church that had either themselves or their family members contracting the symptoms, getting tested. And we had record long uh, testing lines here on Maui and on Oahu. And if we had had church uh, this past Sunday, it, I think that the situation could have easily been way worse. And so uh, the reason why we canceled this week was because there was New Year's parties yesterday. And, uh, and was it yesterday or the day before? The day before. And no, people that got infected at those parties would not feel the symptoms until uh, tomorrow. And so if you're feeling sick tomorrow, um, that's really good because then you won't be on, in church on, on that Sunday to, to spread your, uh, your aloha with everybody here at church. And so, um, so what we're going to do is next week Sunday, um, we're going to open up the doors for the church and it will be a very safe place. We, we've been looking at this and every decision that we make is for the safety of our congregation and the honor of God. And so um, we're opening it next week. And what we will understand is that people who are sick, uh, from the New Year's celebrations, they're gonna, you, you should be feeling sick uh, Monday, Tuesday, and, and then don't come to church on, on that Sunday and protect everybody else. And then the people that got sick the week before, now you guys all have the antibodies. And so you'll be able to come to church and you won't get sick and nobody else will get sick. And then the people that get infected from New Year's, you guys will have the antibodies. So, so the following week, everybody should be you know, here and indestructible. So that's the plan. And, uh, but we still want to practice safety and uh, don't want to make light of it. So I'm sorry if you are offended with me. Forgive me. And don't, don't just forgive me. The Bible says to love your enemies. So love me as well. And, um, and we will get through this in 2022. Amen. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. So the theme, uh, getting into uh, the theme of this year, the, the beginning season or the beginning series of this year is to abide in the love of God. Um, why is it important to abide in the love of God? It, it, it means to meditate on it, to, to soak in it, to, to think about it. And um, how many of you have ever, not, this is kind of a weird question, but how many of you, the first time that you experienced an infatuation with someone else was because you liked them first? Okay, raise your hand if that's you. How many of you experienced infatuation the first time because you found out somebody liked you? And you never even cared about that person, but then you find out from like somebody passes you a note in class or someone's friend tells a friend, you know, before they had cell phones, they actually would let people know through their friends because they were too scared to tell them. So they would tell their friend, hey, tell so-and-so I like them. And then, and that's how we used to talk, but now, you know, they text. But how many of you experience that where you get a note and it's like, oh, this is from so-and-so and, and I like you. And then all of a sudden you have like this, this desire to like them back. How many of you have experienced that? Be honest. How many of you have never experienced that? Okay, you have no heart. <laughs> but one of the things that's, that's really interesting about love is that it's contagious. So if you find out that somebody loves you, there is just this response to love that person back or to, to be interested in that person back because there is a reciprocation. When we know someone cares about us and loves us, we just love that person back. How many of you have grandparents that you know love you? How many of you have those grandparents that love you? Um, and then how many of you love your grandparents? It, it's, the same, it's the same thing. That when you know that someone loves you, the response is to love back. And so, so what Jesus and encourages us to do is to abide in him. Because when we abide in him, we understand his love for our lives. 
And something happens inside of us when we know he loves us deep down in our hearts. We know it. It's not just information in our head, but it's, it's an experience in our hearts. And when we experience the love of God, there's nothing that we can do except to love him back. And so let's read the scripture and then we'll jump into the word this morning. Uh, if you look at John verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 12 through 14. Let's read that at the count of three. One, two, three. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were not born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Can we pray this morning? God, we just thank you for your word, and we thank you that you called us into your family. You've adopted us into your family. And even as you've adopted us, you, it's, our, it's our choice to respond in the right, the right way. And so, God, we pray that as we read your word, that you would speak to our hearts, that you'd help us to understand what it is to abide in you, what it is to experience your love. Thank you that you love every single person more than we can comprehend or understand. God, we pray that you would speak to every single one that's watching this. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 Okay, so the, the first thing, uh, there's three different points this morning. The first point is the creator of all things, God your Father, desires to be near you. He desires to be near you. Um, turn to the person next to you, tell the person next to you, God wants to cruise with you. God wants to cruise with you. He doesn't just love you from afar, but he wants to hang out. He wants to hang out with you. The creator of all things wants to be near you. The number two thing is the creator of all things, God the Father, desires not just to hang out with you, but he wants you to know him. He wants to be known by you. And then the last thing, the creator of all things, God your Father, desires to be received by you. So there's these three things in abiding in God. God desires to be near you. He wants to hang out with you. He wants, to, he wants you to know him, uh, not just to know about him, but to really know his heart, to know who he is. And then the last thing is that he desires that you would receive him. And we're gonna talk about those three things this morning. The first thing, he desires to be near you. Um, there's a scripture in, in Genesis and it says that God made us in his likeness and in his image. We've been made in the image of God. So the same thing that God cares about a lot of times he puts things in our hearts, our DNA, and we care about these things in the same way so that we can understand who our creator is. Um, let's read the scripture together at the count of three. This is John 1:14. At the count of three, one, two, three. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, let's read Revelations 21, verse three. At the count of three, one, two, three. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. Um, there's something very interesting about a relationship between a parent and a, and, and a child. That the, the parent, even though the parent loves the child um, and is kind of the provider and the protector and uh, and oversees, you know, guides the child's behavior. Uh, when the child grows up and becomes their own person and leaves the house, and we have a daughter who's left the house. She actually left the house this morning and she's on, on her way back to Spokane. 
Washington. I'm going to cry. Um, no, I'm, I'm not. Um, but she, she left this morning. There's a desire to be with our kids. And when they leave, it's like, oh, I want to be with them. And um, I have friends that recently have, because the increase in the price of homes in Hawaii, they've actually sold their home to be with their kids up in the mainland who have left to go to school there. And their kids are not even there for a couple of years, and they're going and selling everything that they have to go and stock their own children and to live next to where their children are. Uh, they don't even have grandkids yet, but they're, they're, they're moving up there to be near their kids. And, and how many of you know that God loves you in the same way? He, he left everything to be with us. It's this, these two scriptures talk about Jesus leaving everything and making his dwelling place among us. And so when Jesus came to earth, it wasn't like at no cost. He had to leave everything. He had to leave his father in heaven. He had to leave his, his throne. He had to leave uh, everything that he enjoyed in heaven to be here with us, uh, to be born of a virgin, to, to suffer at the hands of his own creation at the cross. But he did it because he loved you and he loved me. And it's not so much that, I mean, we, we get so inoculated to that term, that Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so, but we don't really understand the depth of that love that he, he really wants to be with us. In the same way that we wanna be with our kids, he wants to be with us. There's a, a deep, deep desire for him to wanna be with us. Um, and he, there was a cost to that. He, he, he left everything to, to just hang out, to be with us and to reveal who God was to his creation. Number two, God desires not just to be with us, but to be known by us. Uh, let's read this scripture at the count of three. One, two, three. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has been, he has made him known. John 1, 18. Uh, we don't know God the way that we should, but we can through studying the life of Jesus. If he had known me, you would, have, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him, John 14, seven. And so we can know who Jesus is, or we can know who God is and his ways, we can know of him through Jesus. And, and there's a desire in the father's heart, not just to know us. How many of you know that God knows you inside and out? But there's a desire in his heart for you to know who he is. And... Um, and because we were created in God's image, I feel like people who have children, people who are parents or uh, love somebody in that way, they have an insight into that. John, First John chapter 2.13, it, it repeats this in, in uh, John 2.13 and John uh, 2.14. It repeats this two times and it says, fathers. Everyone say fathers. It says fathers and, and including mothers too. Because you have known him who is from the beginning. So Paul is addressing fathers, parents, because they've known him who is from the beginning. Now, why would a parent know him who's from the beginning? How would they know God? And I feel it's because there's a lot of things that we experience as parents that give an insight into who God the Father is um, because we're made in his image. Um, you know, one, one, one of the things that just irritated me this past uh, several months is I shared the story of how I had to go to the hospital to get a procedure done uh, in November. 
and how my wife, she didn't know, and I didn't know how serious the procedure was, so she reserved this hole-in-the-wall uh, hotel for me that, you know, I was looking around and thinking, this is like the last place that I want to die in. And so after I went to the hotel, I was like, if I'm going to die anywhere, I would want to die in a nice hotel. So I made a reservation for a nice hotel, and I, I moved the next day, and I went to this nicer hotel in Waikiki, and, you know, just enjoying this nice room and, uh, you know, the, the bathroom and whatnot, I'm, I'm thinking, like, if I was going to die, I wouldn't mind dying here. This is, this is a nice place to die. And, and then, um, so I call my daughter, and my, my daughter's, you know, I'm thinking, my daughter, she must be so concerned about me because I just went through this uh, surgery, and I'm sure that she wants to know how I'm doing, so I'm going to call her, and, and I'm just going to let her know that I'm okay, and I'm going to show her, like, the nice hotel room that I'm in so she doesn't have to worry, and then so, so I call her up, and, and, you know, we're FaceTiming, and I show her, like, the, the nice room that I'm in, and she's like, why is that hotel so nice? And I said, because I deserve it, and then she goes, that looks really expensive. You should have gotten a cheaper hotel. And I was like, what? <laughs> Goodbye. And I hung up the phone. And I, and I was like, this girl does not appreciate everything that I've done for her as a father. I've provided for her her whole life. I've changed her diapers. I've, I've carried her until she's gone to sleep. I've done everything that a, a good, good father is supposed to do. And then when I'm dying and I'm... I, She's not even happy that I'm in a nice room. And I was, I was all upset. And then, and then God spoke to me, and he's like, you know, you do that to me all the time. I provide everything for you, and you don't appreciate the things that I do for you. In fact, you, you value other things more than you value me. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I hurt God in the same way that my daughter just hurt me. And so I called, I called my daughter, and I was like, Alexis, I'm so sorry that I was mad at you and I hung up the phone. Will you forgive me? And she's like, yeah, sure. So that, but I, I, I felt that, you know, the same, the same thing that, that you know, the, another thing is, you know, Caden, so he's watching. And Asen and Paige, I love you too. I'll tell stories about you when you get older. But Caden, he's like out with his friends and he is a social butterfly. He, he, the thing that he wants more is just to be with people. And especially people that aren't named mom and dad and Paige and Ethan. Like, he just wants to be away from us with other people that he finds more interesting. And um, that hurts. Like, that, it, it makes me feel sad that my own son, in whom I'm well pleased, does not want to be around me. But that's normal. That's natural. And, and, and when I ever feel like, oh, my son is growing up and he doesn't want to be around his family and you know, all of that, I'm reminded that I'm the same way with God. Like, God provides everything for me. God loves me. He created me. He loves me more than anyone else. And in everything that God does for me, I feel more, Andrea, you just walked in front of the camera. Everybody just saw your hair as you walked in front of the camera. Anyway. Thank you, Andrea. Um, where was I? What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, that God, God loves me more than anyone else, but a lot of times he's the easiest person to ignore. And so a lot of times as, as, as parents, we have an insight into how God feels about us, that there's pain that he feels, there's 
love that he feels, there's patience that he has for us that, that we can receive from him and we grow closer to him in, in, uh, in being a father or mother. And all the fathers and mothers said, amen. amen. All right. Uh, and then the last thing, the creator of all things, he desires to be received by us. He desires to be received by us. What does that mean? That, that sounds kind of strange to be received by us. Um, let's read these two scriptures uh, this morning. At the count of three, one, two, three. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He, became, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him and who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Um, I find that so interesting that it says that to those who received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. That, that God himself, the creator of the universe, he has this desire for us to receive him. But if you look at that scripture, and it's the first scripture that we read this morning, um, it says he, that he gave the right to become children of God who were born, but not of blood, nor the will of man, uh, nor of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And so there's this two, two things going on. One, we need to receive him. But at the same time, we need to recognize that there's this sovereignty involved that even though we have the choice to choose him, he really was the one who chose us to begin with. And uh, let's read this second scripture together, John 15, verse uh, 16 and 17. One, two, three. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Uh, there's a couple of things here. Um, one is that God chose us. And the first thing, the first time that I understood this, it was, I remember the first time that I really felt the love of God. And it was when this woman came to our church, uh, her name was Karen Coble, and she had this, uh, she just went up, in the front of the church and she said, somebody here needs to know that God loves you. And it seemed like such a simple word, but when she said it, it was like, she, it spoke exactly to me. And it was the first time in my life because I sung all the songs as a kid, Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so. That was the first time that I really knew it and I really felt it. And when I felt the love of God, it just made me want to love him back and give my life to him. And so there was this revelation of who God was and I think I was probably like fifth or sixth grade at that time. And, um, and that was a, a, a turning point in my life when God revealed himself to me. And I remember all through high school after that, all through middle school, all through high school, I just had this presence where I knew God was real. I knew that he loved me. I knew that he created me and I knew that he knew my future and that I could you know, talk to him and ask him questions about what he wanted for my life and what was the best thing. And it was like he was, he was my counselor, he was my, my best friend. And there's so many critical decisions that I felt God helped me navigate through junior high and high school uh, because I knew his voice and I, I, I knew him. And um, when I got to college, uh, you know, my parents weren't around. And so I had all this freedom, you know, I could party, I could drink, I could do whatever I want. And I had all my friends that were there too. And they were like, you know, uh, enjoying their freedom and doing crazy stuff. And, and I remember I didn't wanna do those things. And I, I, 
uh, it was weird because all of my friends were, you know, we were the same going into college, but once we got into college, like everybody kind of chose their own way. And I remember feeling really hurt that all of my friends were doing stupid stuff and they weren't uh, choosing things that were, were, you know, pleasing to God. And, and uh, so I had this conversation with God and, and I said, you know, why aren't they following you? And, and I, I, I was all, you know, upset and mad. And I remember God telling me, if they knew you, if they knew me the way that you knew me, do you think that they would be making those decisions? And I thought, no way. Like, if they knew how much you love them, like how I know that you love me, they wouldn't be doing And it was at that moment that I realized that God, like, instead of judging them for the, thing, the decisions that they're making, I just needed to be appreciative to God for revealing his love to me. And so I, I just said, God, continue to do that in my life. Like, show me who you are. Uh, let me abide in you. Let me understand who you are so that I don't make stupid decisions. And, and, um, and it, it, it came down to God chose me he, and he revealed himself to me. But at the same time, I had to reciprocate that. I had to, to choose him. And so something that, um, that kind of helped explain that uh, to me as I was, you know, uh, growing in my faith was the story of Steve Jobs. How many of you like iPhones? or Apple computers, or you know, Steve Jobs is the guy that made all that. And uh, a lot of people don't know that Steve Jobs was actually adopted. And one of the stories I read about Steve Jobs was when he first found out that he was adopted, he was all upset. And uh, he, he was upset because he wanted to know who his real parents were. And, and he was almost resentful at his adopted parents because he, he realized that they weren't his real parents. And so uh, the first time that they told him that, hey, Steve, you're adopted, there, there was this processing that he had to do. And he remembered the thing that got him to accept his adopted parents, because at first he was like, I'm going to go find my real parents. And I don't want, I don't, even though you had me in the house all these years, like, I don't want to have anything to do with you because you're not my real parents. I'm going to find my real parents. And, um, and then uh, the mother had this conversation with him and said, you know, Steve, um, you might feel rejected because you're not our real child. Uh, you're not our natural birth child, but we actually have a different kind of love for you. And the, the love that we have for you is greater in many, in many aspects than even our own children because our own children were birthed by us and we didn't have a choice with them. But for you, we saw you and we chose to love you. We chose to take you into our house and to treat you and to accept you and to love you as one of our own. And when he understood that they chose him and that that love is actually greater than uh, a mandatory love because of somebody that's born into your family, he said it helped him to accept and to receive that love from his adopted parents and to process it in a healthy way. And I think a lot of us, when we, we all, because we're, we're, be, human beings that are born into a nature of sin, we naturally feel a barrier between us and God because our, in our lineage, Adam, re, he made a decision to reject God, to, to push God away. And so because we're in that lineage, there's something inside of us that feels like God has rejected us because we've rejected God. And so 
when we find out that God loves us, there's something inside of us that, that processes that. And we say like, even though God loves us, I don't, I don't wanna receive that love. I, I wanna look for my approval and my, my joy and my peace and my fulfillment. I wanna look for that in other places. And so, so many people, they look for, for their fulfillment in life by pursuing money or pursuing a career or pursuing different things that they can excel at. And when they excel at certain things or they have enough stuff, then they're like, okay, I feel like I made it. But every single time that you, you get to the next goal, there's an emptiness that, that leaves you empty where you need to pursue the next thing. Un because, and the reason for that is because God has created every single one of us with this God-shaped hole in our soul that can only be fulfilled with a relationship with him. And so even though God has adopted us into his family, the same way that, that Steve Jobs had to realize the depth of the love of his adopted parents, we too need to understand through abiding in him, the depth of his love for us. He, we didn't choose him, but he, he chose us and, and ordained that we would be in his family and have fruit and fruit that would remain. And, and why, what's the end goal of this? The end goal of all of it, it says, these things have I commanded you so that you will love one another. The end goal is that when we come to an understanding of who God is and his immense love for us and that he chose us and we receive that love, we receive him into our lives, it changes and transforms our hearts. So the same way that he has patience with us, the same way that even though we reject him and he still loves us, that all of the things that we receive from him, we can give to the people around us. So even when your kids are rebellious or even when you feel like rejected by your kids or even if that person at work is, is treating you in a wrong way and you feel like I've done so much for this, this, this institution or the person that I work for and it's, it's, it's not paying me the way that it should pay me or whatever it is that's going on in your life. We can respond in a way that's healthy because if we receive the love of God in a healthy way, we can give that to others. And one of the things that, that kind of stuck out to me when we were taking communion earlier today, at the end of communion, it says, there's a prayer and it says, thank you for forgiving me and please help me to forgive others in the same way that you forgave me. And I, I realized that for the first time when I was reading that, that, that God actually asks us to do a little bit more than forgive. Like forgiveness is the first step, but then he actually asks us to love our enemies. And, and that's a step further than forgiveness. And when we were taking communion this morning, I was, that was my prayer was, God, I have no problem forgiving my enemies, but I, I really don't love them. <laughs> it's hard to love these people that have hurt me. And my prayer this morning was, God, help me to, in 2022, get to the next level to, to kind of up my game in representing you to the world. Because when I hurt you and when I rebelled against you, you, you didn't just forgive me and just forgive me and like hold me at an arm's length. But as your enemy and as somebody that rejected you, you not only forgave me, but, but you loved me. And so when I realized that during, t when, when I took communion this morning, I thought, man, that's, that's, the next level of what I want to represent to the world is, is not just a forgiveness of, uh, of offense, but 
that people who offend me will actually sense love. And I think that that would be a great, you know, if God's people took that on and said, hey, I want to be about that this year, that people who offend me, it's not just about forgiving, it's about loving. And, and the only way that we can do that is to abide in his love, to abide in his forgiveness, to abide in his grace. And so as we enter 2022, um, let's enter 2022 with that mindset of God has called us to represent him. He's called us to abide in him so that we can love one another. Amen. Uh, why don't we all pray this morning? And if you heard that for the first time and, and you have not experienced the love of God, I just want to pray for you uh, as well. So uh, would you just repeat this prayer after me this morning? As we, as we enter into 2022, uh, let's keep our eyes focused on Christ. Uh, if you want to pray and fast and join us this week, you can jump onto our Facebook page and, uh, and join us for the, the morning devotions as well. So let me pray. And you can pray with me this morning. Uh, dear God, I just thank you so much that you love me and that, that you want to reveal yourself to me. Uh, this year in 2022, uh, God, I, I want to make it more about, more than just pursuing different goals and objectives and, and different things in my life. But uh, God, I want to make it about loving others. And the only way I can love others in the way that you've called me to is to abide in you and to be loved by you, to re be to receive your love in a way that, that it's experienced and not just head knowledge, but heart knowledge. So I receive you into my heart this morning. I receive you into my life. I pray that you'd reveal yourself to me in a greater way and help me as I, as I know you and help me as you reveal yourself to me. Help me to respond in the right way so that I can represent you to uh, the people around me. Uh, God, I just pray for every single person uh, who watched this this morning and those that don't know who you are in a personal way yet. Uh, I know so many people know a lot about you, but uh, might not know you in a, in a personal way. God, I pray that you'd make yourself known to them uh, in this next year and help us to, uh, to not just know you, but to, to love you and to receive the love that you have for us and to then give it to the world. Ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said... Amen. God bless you. Have a great week and, and be the light to the ones around you.